you've tuned in to Supply Side Stories. The innovations, influencers, and breakthroughs defining the future of health and nutrition. Side Stories podcast. I'm Jessica Rubino, your host, and today I'll be talking with Mark Webster, Vice President of Sales and Business Development at T. Hasegawa. We are going to be chatting about innovations and flavor profiles in the functional food and beverage world. Hi, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Mark, balanced flavor is absolutely critical to successful product formulation, but we know that achieving it is easier said than done. So let's start at the beginning. What are some of the most common causes of undesirable notes in functional foods? Sure. With the current health and wellness market environment, functional ingredients are driving so many food and beverage categories, and companies are really pushing the boundaries daily. So, of course, the causes of off-notes are growing as a result. And the causes of off-notes and the need for flavor modification fall into functional categories such as bitterness, for example, from caffeine or vitamins, minerals, and botanicals. Then you have plant-based proteins such as pea, hemp, pumpkin, chia, soy, chickpea. Then all the nutraceutical ingredients such as amino acids, then you have glycerin, then there are metallic notes, then off notes from chemical preservatives, then things like astringency or the drying effect you get in the mouth, then natural non-nutritive sweeteners such as stevia, for example, uh, and probably the most recent being CBD and THC as ingredients, which can be green, grassy, and also bitter. So these are the basic areas where off-notes occur, but then you need to consider the processing of foods and beverages using materials in these categories, which can further accentuate certain undesirable notes and further affect the overall flavor balance of the product being developed. So there's really a lot that goes into a healthy, functional product that could throw off the flavor that you really need to consider when you're working with your customers. Yeah, unfortunately, the things that are good for us sometimes don't taste very good. That's interesting. So a lot of the things that are making a product healthy or improving the performance are also those that can lead to those undesirable notes. Absolutely. Functional ingredients are driving. So can you describe your process for evaluating a formulation's flavor profile and then determining the best way to improve it? Sure. Typically, the process we follow at Tihasagawa is to understand the materials in the formulation we're either working on or developing and collaborate with our customers. So we want to understand and identify possible flavor imbalances and aversive off notes. I'll take sports nutrition beverage as an example. So think a protein, a pre-workout, or a post-workout powder beverage. Now, a customer will quite often send us a functional base they've developed, minus the acids, the sweeteners, and the flavor. In collaboration with our customer, we'll seek to understand the functional ingredients being used in the base. Then we'll taste that base with our creation and applications team 
and discuss the organoleptic profile and what aversive or off notes we're tasting. Adjusting with acids and sweeteners can certainly help, and of course we do that. But like painting a picture, we need to try and neutralize the base using flavor modifiers and then start our flavor work on as blank of a canvas as we can get. And it's important to note that it's challenging to completely neutralize an off note. The goal is to minimize or diminish it to a point where we're ultimately allowing an optimized flavor system to be added and really shine through to provide a great tasting experience from start to finish. Another example would be a plant-based meat alternative. And it could be beef, chicken, pork, or even seafood now. Again, if we're getting a base to work with, we start by understanding the proteins and other ingredients being used. Then cooking the product and tasting with our creation and application teams to understand what flavor note challenges are present. And then we map out solutions to screen from our portfolio of flavor tools. Then it's really heavy on both application, screening, and sensory testing with our culinary applications and creation team. So we routinely co-create directly with our customers in our culinary kitchen. We love doing that. And that's tasting and modifying in real time. And lastly, on this subject, I just want to add a flavor modifier or a functional flavor doesn't have a taste profile like you'd find with a strawberry or an orange flavor, for example. These flavors are purely functional and neutral in taste, and they enhance sweetness, they mask or block off notes, and they enrich or boost mouthfeel. So interesting. Thank you for outlining that process. It's really comprehensive and it makes me, I, I, I want to get in on that. I want to go behind the scenes and really one day maybe when, when things go back to normal, but it's, exactly. it's, amazing. it's amazing how much work you do to just make the, the products taste good and, you know, deliver on meet ex consumer expectations um, around just a great tasting, healthy product. So thanks for outlining that process. And I'd love for you to describe a little bit more around your customized modifier formulations and, and what those do to a product's flavor. How are you innovating around flavor modulation to really maximize the taste appeal for food and beverages? Okay. At Tihasagawa, our methodology to flavor modulation revolves around three broad categories. And those are aroma analysis, culinary knowledge, and Maillard reaction technology. And this last one involves extraction, enzyme reaction, and thermal reaction chemistry. I know that's a mouthful. <laughs> but the innovation that comes from that methodology can be grouped into a further three broad categories. And I think we just touched on that a little bit earlier, those being masking flavors, sweetness enhancement flavors, and mouthfeel flavors. So as the name implies, masking flavors mask, block, or mute various off notes that we covered earlier. And these are the workhorse flavors that neutralize undesirable notes coming through in a food or beverage from either the base ingredients, the processing, or both. Sweetness enhancing flavors del deliver sweetness perception and impact and work to reduce or limit the addition of sugar, for example. These flavors can also deliver a secondary benefit and mask off notes. 
And lastly, the mouthfeel flavors deliver the functional benefit of boosting richness, creaminess, and fatty mouthfeel to food and beverage products. So if you think about alternative proteins, such as a plant-based hamburger, for example, mouthfeel flavors can play a great supporting role of adding the fatty notes back to the base. Or in a different example, a ready-to-drink protein shake, increasing the milky, rich, creamy character in the shake. Now, we found that there's really no broad-based solution that works the same across the board in every base and application. And while we do have certain flavors that do a very good job in many categories and bases, our approach is heavy on applications testing, and discovery plays a significant role. In the world of science, technology, innovation, serendipity definitely plays a role, and we have the curiosity to experiment. If it doesn't work effectively in this, what happens when we try it in that? What happens if we combine a masking and a mouthfeel flavor? So as I said, it's really a period of experimentation and discovery, and that's why it's so heavy on application and sensory testing. I really love that you bring the idea of serendipity and experimentation into what you do. I think that's where a lot of the innovation comes into play. So really marrying science with that, you know, curiosity, that's a really beautiful thing. And I'm sure there have been some great results that have come from that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It plays an important role in innovation. A lot of what you talked about seems like it's really unique to the solutions that you provide. Are there other aspects of your processes and solutions that are unique to your business? I think so. Uh, Kiha Sagawa currently holds 19 patents in the area of flavor modulation, and we're continually working on new technology and innovation in this area. So we have something we call the Bridge to Tokyo. And that's a formalized process of working with our parent company in Tokyo on transferring new technology and innovation that's relevant to our local market. And that technology and innovation needs to tick our market needs basket. For example, natural, non-GMO or project verified, organic compliant or certified organic. And at the same time, it has to be sustainable and supply chain friendly. One example of the many unique things we have to offer is our work on mouthfeel technology. And we call this technology Boostract. Being able to have a clean label friendly natural flavor that adds significant richness and creaminess back to both liquid and powder dairy and non-dairy products is something that we're very proud of. And it's really highly relevant in today's market environment. So our processes allow us to deliver the flavors into our customers' products in the most effective and efficient way. And as a result, our flavors can be liquid, powder, or pastes as needed. Very interesting. And can you elaborate a little bit more on the types of products in which you see modulation being effective? You've touched on a few different categories over the course of the past few minutes, but maybe expand on those a little bit. It's an exhaustive list, a very long list, but I would say anywhere where there's a need to mask undesirable off notes, add sweetness without adding sugar, and boosting rich, creamy, fatty notes. And, and for this last one, you know, think dairy and also non-dairy products, both food and beverage, dips, sauces, dressings, 
soups, plant-based meat alternatives, and the like. As I said, the list is long and it's, it's continually growing. Well, I have to say I'm learning a ton about flavor modulation. It's really exciting. Frankly, I didn't think I was going to be as intrigued by this <laughs> as I am. So you've made it really, really fast. It is. And it I know there is problems. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're passionate about it, but you have a you have a new fan in um, myself here. And I know that there's probably a whole other side around the regulatory piece of it. So I'm curious what that looks like. What is the regulatory landscape for flavor modulation? A lot of people ask that, and Tihasagawa has options that fit into what our customers' requirements are, from either a brand positioning standpoint or a regulatory requirement. So these flavors can be labeled on an ingredient panel as natural flavors. They can be non-GMO or non-GMO project verified. They can fit into retailer compliance lists. They can be made organic compliant or organic certified. And they can be made as liquid flavors, powder flavors, or even, as I said, semi-viscous paste flavors. In the end, it really depends on what our customers require from us with the goal of how we can best deliver a total flavor solution. Thank you for that. And let's talk a little bit more about the consumer. I mean, the customer, well, the, your customers, as well as the end consumer of the products are really at the heart of all this. And I think it's really yeah. interesting how you're able to predict customer needs, both, again, your customers and your the end consumer, in order to stay at the forefront of modulation. So can you share a little bit about the type of consumer research you do in order to make these predictions and really stay at the forefront? Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, definitely a challenge. Uh, I'll say that staying at the forefront of flavor modulation is, is not single dimensional. It, it comes from many different angles. So Tihasagawa has always placed the customer first, and we work with our customers very closely. They're at the forefront of quite a bit of functional ingredient innovation. So trade shows, and here's a little call out, um, trade shows such as Supply Side West, and all it offers is a great avenue to discover functional ingredient trends that we need to be aware of in our development of effective flavor modifiers. It's really being reactive to our customers' innovation, being proactive and using trend analysis to look forward, and using our bridge to Tokyo to seamlessly integrate what our corporate flavor research institute develops as solutions to the challenges food and beverage formulations face. Thank you. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that, and, and I really like how you outline the journey of what it takes to get that deep understanding of the marketplace and of the consumer landscape, and then make sure that you're providing the solutions to both meet those and stay ahead. Um, so I'm definitely eager to continue to see what you do in the space. And I guess before we close out, I'd just love to know, is there anything else that you want to share with our Supply Side Stories listeners today? It's just a, it's a fascinating um, time with this health and wellness movement. And it's not something that just started. This has been going on for quite a while. But the pace of innovation in functional materials just continues to accelerate. And of course, that's a business opportunity for a flavor company like Tihasagawa to provide an opportunity for our customers 
to work with our portfolio of flavor modifiers and, and really get a great experience um, to the consumer. So um, give us a call, reach out to us. We'll be happy to have a discussion and understand your needs and your requirements. And just taking the opportunity to thank you for the, the chance today to, to talk about what we're doing. Well, thank you so much, Mark. Thank you for the work that you're doing yeah, and for you. outlining all of this for us and for contributing to a beautiful, flavorful world. <laughs> Perfectly said. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. And thanks, everyone, for listening to Supply Side Stories podcast. You've been listening to an Informa Markets podcast. 